Welcome back to Hair Metal Memories. We are your hosts. I am Brian. And I'm Aaron. And uh, this week, we wanted to give a couple shout-outs and say, like, thanks for all the messages and emails you guys are sending our way. Um, please keep it up. It's uh, one of our uh, one of the people that messaged us is going to be our special guest today. So uh, Yeah, that um, worked out pretty slick. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. So this could be you if you're interested. You know, if you're interested in being a guest, hit us up for that as well. Um, we like hearing different voices. We've been kind of just using our friends here in Iowa for the most part. But uh, uh, but we've had a few variances now. We had, we had a friend call from Buffalo. We've had our friend Colin from Detroit, um, and today we're going to be hitting Texas. So um, we're, we're, let's let's get some pins in the map, I guess. Uh, and if you want to contact us, we have a Facebook page, and our email address is hairmetalmemoriesiowa at gmail.com. Um, another shout out to uh, a, a YouTube podcast that uh, mentioned us uh, not too long ago. We just want to say hello to those guys and check them. You should go check them out too. They they do some really cool things. It's like three guys that uh, sit around and talk about music, not just hair metal, but like uh, all over the map. Um, and it's called the Opinionated Musics of Eric and Tim and Dayton. So, yeah, the, the videos are a lot of fun. Yeah, I really recommend them a lot. <laughs> yeah, they go pretty in depth on some stuff, and they uh, they might be a little bit more thornier about stuff. They they don't agree as much as Aaron and I do usually about stuff. <laughs> eh, you know, but it's really fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. Yeah, hence the opinionated musings part. <laughs> yeah, and the one they were talking about it was uh, they uh, he had uh, proposed that uh, Rat was the greatest of the the hair metal bands and wanted to and, and wanted to offer that for debate and. Yeah, it's a I good topic. I like Rat a lot, so that's cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed listening to them debate it, and I was surprised at how yeah. much I agreed with. Well, everybody yeah. had points that I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I get that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so that's pretty fun. Um, so today, our album of choice is going to be David Lee Roth's uh, debut, like full length solo album, "Eat 'Em and Smile." And and I'm pretty stoked about this the one. one that should have been the seventh fan here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been. A, I'm stoked about this in particular because, as a, from a guitar player perspective, we have not talked about Steve Vai yet, um, and that just feels like a crime to me. So I'm I'm pretty happy to be like uh, talking about Steve Vai and crossing. Well, I'm glad we can correct that today. That's right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, right out of the gate, let's let's start. Let's hit this with the hair metal smell test. Is this hair metal? I mean, not exactly, but he he belongs to a band that kind of is the genesis of a, a lot of it. Right, right. Uh, but it's also kind of part of the era, so yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, uh, I know this is one of the, our, our ongoing threads uh, about whether Van Halen is a hair metal band or not, and uh, I think if this one is going to be hair metal, then you have to, like, you know, grandfather in back in Van Halen, and then I think if this is hair metal, then so is Van Halen. <laughs> so that might be a slippery slope for some people. <laughs> I enjoy the debate more than the answer. Right, same, <laughs> same, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty hard rocking hair metal album. Um, yeah, and I think like you know, in terms of like the imagery and all the the wild guitar stuff and all the playing and stuff like that, it it does certainly like fit the bill for it. Um, it's as hair metal as anything, I guess. Um, it yeah. does perfectly embody the sort of excess that a lot of it's known for. Oh, I mean, if we're going to look at it that way, so sure, why not? True, true, very true. <laughs> okay, Eat Him and Smile came out in 1986. Um, as I said, it's the first full length by David Lee Roth after his covers EP, Crazy from the Heat. 
um, where you just did like four covers, which uh, I bought on cassette when it came out. I remember that, and I and I loved it. I was in love I've with David. I've got it on my shelf. I think it's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this album is just barely over thirty minutes long. And I love that too. Yeah. I mean, come on. Rain and Blood's 29 and a half minutes. The first Ramones album's 29 <laughs> and a half minutes. Half an hour is just a really cool thing to shoot for if you've really got it, you know? Yeah. So in that way, it's definitely not excessive. It's pretty lean in terms of like, you know, just giving you exactly what you want, getting in and out and calling it good. Um, it came out in July of 1986, and uh, the Van Halen album 5150 came out in March of that year, yep. um, which is which is sort of interesting. So this came out afterwards, which might have been, I don't know, I wonder if David Lee Roth was feeling intimidated by Van Halen, because 5150 was a hugely successful album. Or maybe album. he was just waiting to see what they did first, he's like, oh yeah, we'll check it out. Right. I, have, <laughs> I have this band, so whatever. <laughs> and hey, I mean, yeah. just, I'm saying, which one did Ted Templeman produce? Right, yeah, you know? exactly. Uh Ted Templeman, of course, produced all of the previous Van Halen albums, and he went with the Rothkamp to begin with. But Fun fact about Ted Templeman, mm-hmm. he was in the band Harper's Bazaar. No kidding, I he didn't know that. He was a singer and guitar player in it. Oh, when wow. You, when you go to the oldie station and you hear, feeling groovy, that's Ted yeah. Templeman you're hearing there. Oh, wow. I Hell did yeah. not know that. And after... after uh, after that band folded, he got into like A&R at Warner Brothers, which led him to being a staff producer at Warner Brothers, which gets right. us to how he's involved with... Uh, yeah. yeah, he has a very... I, I don't think I... I knew he'd done all the Van Halen albums, but I didn't know that he had done... like I didn't know he'd worked with Van Morrison. I knew um, he did the Doobie Brothers yeah, records. Yeah, same. And I didn't know he worked with Carly Simon either. So he, he actually is... He's got some pretty legit cred to his name as a producer. And I think he also produced an album that I hope we someday talk about on this podcast, which is <laughs> the uh, first uh, Bullet Boys album. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'm all in on that. And, uh, yeah, and, but I thought that was pretty cool that uh, Ted Templeman went with the David Lee Roth camp. Hell and, yes. Uh, um, and later on, he would go back to the Van Halen camp. He was uh, one of the producers on For Unlawful Car- Carnal Knowledge. Yeah, that's so, right. That's so, right. He, so, he did, so he did go back with them and stuff like that. It wasn't like a big battle or anything. Um, uh, Eat Him and Smile sold over 2 million copies, which is not too shabby. And uh, and it is better than Van Hagar by a mile. Oh my God! By yes. ten miles. I mean, like it's yeah, it just way 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 better. I, I mean, think. honestly, as we were discussing briefly <laughs> the other day, I'm just really not a big Sammy Hagar dude. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I'm not really a big big fan of his period of Montrose. Uh, I'm not really into his solo albums. Yeah, I mean. I, I I had a moment there where uh, uh, for like a while I really I thought I liked Sammy Hagar, but over time I, I even you know even back then I started noticing like some of his lyrics weren't exactly you know great. Um, <laughs> one two three lock box. <laughs> uh, I like uh, I like his song from the heavy metal movie though. I thought that was a, that was a pretty good song. That's not a bad tune. Yeah, he's he's got a couple that are okay, but definitely not. I mean, there's like ballads and stuff on fifty one fifty, but. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Eat Him and Smile. Um, the tour for this album, after it came out and sold 2 million copies, their openers were Cinderella and Tesla. And we've covered Cinderella very recently. And uh, we're probably going to be covering Tesla soon. I think I Tesla's hope. on the list. Yeah, they're definitely on the list. Um, and now, let's get to the band. What oh, a boy. band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's yeah. like... Probably the coolest part of the whole thing is just like yeah. you got who to be in your band. What? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah this is uh, in terms of musicianship. This is one of the best rock bands that's ever existed. I mean, I, I think by you know by a long ways. Oh, no argument at all. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about Steve I. Um, they were originally going to go with Steve Stevens. 
They talked really? to yeah. They talked to Steve Stevens about being a David Lee Ross band, but uh, he had he couldn't do it for like a year. He couldn't do it till like the following summer or something because he was busy with Billy Idol. Um, and that's just how that happens sometimes. Yeah, you know? yeah, but that would have been kind of interesting. I'm glad they went with Steve I, but like I, imagining a, a DLR Steve Stevens sort of combo meal that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I. I don't really know what I can say about Steve Vai without just, you know, I mean, he, he, everybody probably knows who he is if you're listening to this podcast. That's really cool. So. This was the same year he was recording guitar tracks for Public Image Limited's uh, album. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Those Which is a great record, year. yeah. And he considers that some of his finest yeah. work. And yeah. It's, it's pretty cool that he was on both a David Lee Roth record and a Public Image Limited record. In, in the, the same, same year. year. Yeah. That is something else right there. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 of course, uh, Steve I has like a lot of like history with Frank Zappa. Um, um, Frank Zappa like paid Steve I when he was in college to do transcriptions for him and stuff like that. And so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Steve, Great song, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Steve I is huge. Uh, one of the other things I didn't know. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of things that most people that aren't as common knowledge about Steve I since he is so well known. Um, but his solo career, he sold over 15 million albums. Um, wow, which I never would have guessed. I, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people know who he is and stuff like that, but I don't know a lot of people who go out and buy the new Steve I album when it comes out. Um, I've got like flexible and uh, passion and warfare. I was gonna still. say passion and warfare is probably <laughs> the one that most people would have yeah. if they were ha- to yeah. have one. Yeah, that probably was a platinum album at the time because he he le- he released that during the heyday and and had a video for it. I think the one and, uh, maybe right after it too did pretty well. I don't remember what yeah. it's, it's called right now off the top of my head, but yeah. Uh, um, uh, and so then we've got Billy Sheehan on bass. Um, he's, he's another one who I don't know if we need to cover him a lot because he's so respected and well known. Um, he's a you know founding member of Mr. Big as well, and we're definitely going to get it to some Mr. Big action. And that's going like on after here. this because I think this is yeah. the first, like, his. This is his big break. Yeah. Yeah. Because he'd been part of a band called Talus before that from yeah. the Buffalo scene. And I guess they, they existed for maybe a decade or something like that before he... Yeah. Uh... And opened for Van Halen. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a lot of connections there. But, yeah, Billy Sheehan really... Also, Billy Sheehan, Scientologist. Right? Well, didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh, Greg Bissonette, on the other hand, uh, he's an incredible drummer, but I don't think he's as well known, or he's not as no- as well known as he should be. Uh, I mean, because he's, he's played everywhere with everybody. He's, right? He's done it all. Um, he is like in the who's who of session drummers. He's in, he, he he's he's one of those people like James Lomenzo, where we could just do an episode about you know this person and say here's yeah. this person's history because it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. He started out playing with Maynard Ferguson, uh, who's a jazz legend. Um, uh, I got to see Maynard Ferguson perform once, and it was pretty mind blowing. His uh, his gigantic Dizzy Gillespie cheeks <laughs> when he plays the horn and stuff like that. Um, but he he did the theme to Rocky and stuff like that. And so like being in his band and being the drummer in a in a jazz band is kind of a big deal. Um, but he uh, Greg Bissonette also played on the music musical interludes for every episode of Friends. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was an interesting <laughs> thing about him. Uh, he filled in with Toto when Simon Phillips had back problems. So um, you can get from you can get from well, yeah, that's Simon Phillips, right? Like right. from the guy who drummed with Judas Priest for a record, right? Yep. yep. Oh wow. Yeah, and but... filled in for uh, Keith Moon on the Who's tour. So and and uh, I think did Simon Phillips play on a Dio album? Maybe I think I would not yeah. be surprised at all because he walked in those circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, 
Greg Bissonette also played on Santana's Supernatural album, which um, you know that's, that's Santana's pop album, and I don't I, I don't sold know if I more copies yeah. than like anything else in 1999. It right. was all the yeah yeah, yeah really big. Um, he also has played with Duran Duran and Don Henley and Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> And he he was the drummer for Ringo Starr on some stuff. So Ringo Ringo doesn't play with junky drummers. <laughs> no, and, no, he most certainly does not. And Barry Manilow, he played on a Barry Manilow album. So and uh, so those are. I mean, he's also played with lots of rockers and stuff, and, lot, and people and that wouldn't Circus surprise of Power. Him. Anybody remember yeah. Circus of Power? He played with them. <laughs> yeah, he uh, also played on a bunch of soundtracks. Um, he he's including the Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune soundtracks. Okay, well that's just badass <laughs> right there. And he has a ton of film so- soundtracks too. I'm not gonna like list them all off or anything. Um, but one of them's Waiting for Guffman, which is super cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he has tons of film soundtracks and everything. So the guy is just like he's been a busy guy and been very in demand and just played on everything with everybody basically. Um, and then David Lee Roth, uh, of course, Van Halen years. Uh, one thing I didn't know before is that he possesses a vocal range of five octaves and three notes. I mean, when I think of David Lee Roth, I mean, I love his singing, but I don't think of him as like that wide. That's like Mariah Carey kinds of Or isn't she like eight octaves or something? Yeah, or, hers, hers is some yeah. ridiculous like yeah, video ridiculous. game number. I don't know. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that you know David Lee Roth does what he does but has this huge range sort of surprised me. Um and another fun fact, there is a Spanish version of this album, yeah. which I thought was – I listened to it, actually, when, when I was getting ready for this, um, just because I wanted to retune myself and stuff and uh, um, get used to it. So I listened to the Spanish version, and it's great. It's, well, uh, it's the same album. It's the same album. They didn't, they didn't but record he does. anything except for yeah. Dave for it. But I want to say there's like one song that has uh, like this missing an outro or something like that. Yeah, in Joe. yeah but uh, David Lee Ross sings the whole thing in Spanish, like every word. Well, they had uh, <laughs> they had realized that there was like a large uh, demographic right. of fans like, who yeah. spoke Spanish. So he's like, oh, okay, I'll do this. And, yeah. And uh, he, David Lee Roth, who is kind of a badass anyway. I mean, he's an adventurer and all that stuff. Um, I, I, he speaks some Spanish, but he had to have a uh, tutor, like a Spanish tutor, like uh, in the studio with him to make sure <laughs> for the translation factor and stuff. I guess some of the lyrics, they kind of watered down a little bit because uh, mm-hmm. um, some of the me- their Mexican fans are tend to be more conservative. And, uh, you know, in this album, is, it's got some naughty bits in it. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what, they, uh, that's what they were saying at the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your story with this album? Well, I mean, I've I've known like a few of the songs on it forever because, like, you know, I started watching MTV as a kid, and I'd see the videos for uh, 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 Yankee Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not as often as the ones because, like, by the time I was seeing, you know, of age to to watch videos, I was mostly seeing the stuff off of uh, a skyscraper. And then they care, apparently, and they would go back and play the California Girls video all the time. Yeah. But uh, I knew this one earlier than like a lot of the other albums we've talked about. And I don't know. I, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> there, it's uh, about as close to a 10 out of 10 as you get in, in the albums that we're going to talk about, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. And I actually, I was in the sweet spot for this one where I was already a huge Van Halen fan. Um, 
you know, 1984 was a big album to li- for me to listen to. Right? That was right when I was getting into music and stuff like that. And I, and I didn't really understand what was going on musically in it, but I just knew I liked the songs. And David Lee Roth, of course, was such a character that, like, you just... Best dressed human yeah. being in the history of the universe. And right. I stand by that. Yeah, he was just so cool. It's like you just really wanted to fucking be David Lee Roth. He, he seemed so cool. Um, so, so And, you know, and Crazy from the Heat, when that came out, I bought that tape when it came out, and I was all in on it, loved it, um, even though I didn't have big guitars on it and all that stuff um and it ended up connecting me to all of those songs and discovering those bands as a result so that was kind of cool um but when this album came out i actually owned this one on vinyl i I bought it i bought the record when it came out i was still buying records at the time it's on my shelf for right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i you know i picked it up bought it loved it saw the videos just you know the whole thing i a friend of mine um got to go see them when uh, the band came through on tour and they played at Hilton Coliseum here in Ames. And uh, one of my best friends at the time went to that show, um, but I didn't have any money, so um, I wasn't able to go. But I was really bummed about it because I was just getting into Steve Vai as a guitar player and all of that stuff. There was a few years ago at one of the one of the clubs out in L.A. they were going to try to have the Edom Ed- 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 Smile Band get up and uh, play. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I don't remember the whole reason it fell apart, but it did. And I yeah. guess David has said he's open to it and all the other members yeah. have said they're open to it too. But I, I guess we don't know if it's actually going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I read some of that stuff too. And they, they ended up getting another vocalist uh, at some show. So like they got three out of four together and then they had somebody else sit in on vocals and do I would some still stuff. go see that. Yeah. I'd still go see that too. <laughs> but, but with Dave in the band, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know why they don't reunite. He's doing like that, uh, you know, David Lee Ross doing like a Vegas thing now where he's doing Van Halen songs and stuff, but I don't know why. Because he it's steady, well-paying work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he could, he could have them be a band and they could be his Van Halen for those songs and then also sneak in his solo stuff. It's his residency. You That's know? true. Yeah. That's true. But, Oh, well. That's why yeah. we're not his managers, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this record, um, what are your thoughts on this record? What do you, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, like just as musically. Dude, it's, I mean, it's one of the most musically brilliant records of that whole yeah. era. I mean, there's no wasted notes, because we said, because it's only 30 minutes long. Yeah. So I, I just, everything's really concise and to the point. Even the songs that have, like, excessive production on them are still, like, mm-hmm. really concise tunes. Yeah. They all freaking smoke. That's that's what I think. I mean, there's just, there's yeah. nothing I, I have bad to say about anything on it. In, yeah, it's not overly slick at all. No. You know, it's no. like, it's it's everybody playing, you know. Um, you know, I, I read while they're in the studio that uh, Steve Vai kind of like had problems with uh, the way Ted Templeton or Templeman worked uh, because he liked he liked to be sort of a well the band recorded and then he would keep those early takes and he'd say those are the takes and he would like surprise the band with that to, so they wouldn't get nervous in the studio. Um, but Vai was used to working very meticulously and doing you know a down getting everything down to having come know, from you know the Zappa camp. right yeah he's very used to that and so he wanted to redo things and double things and stuff and and so he and Ted Templeman like had some you know debates about that and and everything which I which I thought was kind of interesting um but you don't you don't there's some stuff where it's like doubled and things like that but it's definitely not overproduced in any way no um, it's it is a band it pretty much always yeah it, yeah it sounds like a band yeah um I thought the thing that stood out to me listening to it after not having pulled it out for a while is how fun it is it's just, oh, absolutely. It's just super fun all the way through. Way more fun than 5150. <laughs> yeah, which suddenly became like all mid-tempo keyboards. Right, you know? yeah. And like 
even the most rockin' yeah. song on 5150 still doesn't even come close to like right <laughs> anything on this record. Yeah. And it's uh it's pretty diverse too. There's like some big band influence stuff and there's some there's some jazz stuff, but it's mostly just hard rocking and just kind of grinning the whole time. It's just like, you know, it's a, it's a rec- it's hard to put this record on and not just smile almost all the way through it. Yeah. You know. I mean um, as far as like, because I think I want to say like going crazy is about as close as they get to like the sound that you yeah. start hearing later on, like skyscraper and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, because of the synth parts in it. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's even pretty like light on the keys on this yeah. album. There's yeah. only like two tracks that that have credited. Uh, yeah. Uh, keyboards. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's definitely not overproduced there. These it's short songs. I mean, it's a short album, but they're this, so that makes sense. But the songs are short. The longest tune is four minutes and five seconds, uh, but four of the songs are right around two and a half minutes long. So, so I mean, yeah, they just get in and get out. Yeah. And there's a lot of cool sections where Steve I and Billy Sheehan play the same things together. Uh-huh. Which, I kept which hearing are, that come up, and I'm just like, all right, enough, I, guys. I know, we get it. <laughs> They're just constantly <laughs> like, look what we can do, look what we can do. <laughs> uh, let's dig into the track list. Hell yeah. So we, we start off with Yankee Rose, which was the first single. Um, and this is a song about sexualizing the Statue of Liberty. So hell yeah, go America. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> It's another this one is, of those songs you can tell it was yeah. written to like be the opener of a record. Right. Because it has yeah. that intro yeah. with the little call and response with yeah. Steve. and Yeah. Oh, man. Everything about it just says, yeah, this is leading off a record. It's like David just woke up. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping over here because I was partying before, you know? <laughs> oh, and he probably was. Yeah, he probably was. Yeah. Oh, another fun fact, David Lee Roth has never been married uh, because he 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 freely admits that the whole time he was a rock star and in his heyday, he was chasing tail. So he was he was out there and just like, you know, lots and lots of girlfriends. He said he has like four women in his life that are very special to him, but he doesn't want to name them because he felt like he, that, that it wouldn't be respectful or something like that. Um, so, hey, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, this uh, Yankee Rose has a really cool bridge to it, too. That, so, like, you know, when they're coming out swinging with all this stuff. Um, and, and I think that the bridge of Yankee Rose is where you you get a taste of what Steve Vai is, like, you know, capable of. And, and it has, like, some of his zappiness, I guess, yeah. in there. Yeah, I, I can see where yeah. you're coming from there, yeah. Uh-huh. And he doesn't overdo it. He doesn't. Steve Vai never gets too weird on this album. Well, no, and the, 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 there's never given the space to get weird. Right. You know, I mean, every it's there's some technicality, but it's always just the briefest little flash that's not yeah. going to go on too long. Just that sort of, you know, yeah, I'm badass. Yeah, he just it, lets you know and moves on. It's pretty melodic, you know. The, he sticks to the tunes. Um, uh, Shy Boy um, is the second song. This is the this is a tune that Billy Sheehan wrote and he from and he brought it in because he was playing for him his days in Talis and so he brought this into the band. Um, on this song, like uh, Greg Bissonette really shines, I think, because this tune books. This is oh yeah, this it's is that, a fast that song, crazy like super <laughs> shuffle that Van Halen uh-huh. like to do. Yeah, only this time it's got you know Sheehan and 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 Vi yeah. syncing up on their crazy right. little runs. And, yeah, but, but I, I and I I had listened to them play a lot, but I hadn't really listened to the drums as much until this time. And uh, and and Bissonette's like he's keeping that pace and keeping it going, but he's also throwing in little fills and stuff too. So it's like, um, but he never he never falls off the train. So it's like I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, the solo section is nuts. 
and it's a high point of the album musically, I think. Um, and in fact, I think this this we should play this. This will be absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're gonna play, it. and this is like uh, both bass. This is our debut of a bass solo because it goes from bass solo into guitar solo. And not not so. doesn't come up a lot in uh, no. in the genre we've chosen to cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So check this out. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we then we start mixing it up already. Uh, three songs in, and we do I'm Easy. And what a great transition. Yeah. You've just been rocking out all right. shy boy, and then it's like, hey, anyways, here's this. Yeah. And I, I thought that uh, Dave's phrasing on this tune is really, really cool. It's like he really brings that Sinatra vibe in. Um, oh, because I think he has, I think he really understands that vocal approach, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah, that whole, that whole previous e- EP is kind of like yeah. him yeah. seeking out other non necess- not always yeah. necessarily rock phrasings, and so he's, he's, he's a pro at it. Yeah, this is in that just a gigolo sort of, uh, um, you know, mold, I guess. Um and uh, and I think this song is probably the closest thing to a blues solo that Steve Vai's ever played. It like is it's pretty straight. Yeah, you and, know, I mean, I guess I haven't probably haven't listened to as much Vai as the next as a lot of people. Most of it yeah. comes through uh, this or uh, uh, Zappa, but yeah, there's usually yeah. not like a lot of blues yeah. soloing. No, he's um, am I sort of like take on Steve I as a guitar player is that he kind of does a lot of the, the phrasing that you do with blues, but he does it with like these mixolydian scales and things like that and, uh, um, or modes. And so, and, and so that's why, that's what makes him sound so weird is he's always, th- he has, has those weirder notes that he's throwing in there that, that immediately say, this isn't the blues. Um, but here he, he's not doing that. He like, uh, he, he kind of keeps it straight and it's very like pentatonic classic kind of stuff. Um, I don't want to get too down into musician <laughs> hole here, but like, <laughs> um, Another fun fact about this song is uh, Greg Bissonette put together the horn players for this uh, because he has so many connections, uh, you know, through Maynard Ferguson and the jazz community. They were uh, tracking this song in New York, and Ten Templeman like turned to Greg Bissonette and said, "Like, hey, we need a horn section for this song. Can you put some players together?" And yeah, and, I know and, people. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and Greg Bissonette was like, "Yeah, I think I can do that." And when they were done tracking, Ted Templeman turned to Greg Bissonette and said, "Like, these are all A players. Holy cow! Good job." Um, and then Steve I wrote the horn arrangement and conducted it because he's a Berkeley graduate. And, yeah. And so he has those skills. He did all that transcription work for Zappa. He can turn in Zappa. no for transcriptions yeah. for Zappa. He can arrange Right. Some, he can yeah, arrange some horns for a big band song. Um, uh, next is Ladies' Night in Buffalo, um, which I think has more great phrasing by Dave. Um, the epic song on the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Dave, he's kind of like talk singing, but it's like really atmospheric. It's like the this is like their atmospheric song if that if if it has one, um, and it's probably the grooviest tune on the record. Uh, the vocal phrasing kind of made me think of sort of like uh, how he sings on um 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 uh the song on Fair Warning. Uh, uh, 
been 40 days and 40 nights since someone used my first name, including you. Open push came to shove. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's neat when he, he's, he's got a trick bag, but he's, they're all good tricks. So, <laughs> And none of them ever end up staying for like too terribly long at any no. one point. He's kind of all over there, you know? Yeah. Uh, next up is Going Crazy, which was another single. And this song is just fun, man. I yeah, mean, it's just, it has that. It's it's that kind of like uh, just like living in paradise type vibe, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like not lyrically deep, but I mean, he has like so much charisma in the way that Come he on, sings. Man. It Got doesn't matter. Fell into the water. Right. <laughs> I think we can all connect with that, at least in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, he, and he hooks up with the mayor's daughter, <laughs> as we all did, right? <laughs> Also, yeah. it's one of only two songs on this record that has keyboards. <laughs> That's true, true. And uh, Steve Vai's solo on this one is way more normal than usual. I thought this is. Uh, I think he was like trying to play to a pop hit in a little way, in a little bit. His, well, I mean, everything else about the song kind of has that. You know, right. this is going to be like a radio yeah. tune. You know, yeah. Um, and Billy Sheehan gets some cool bass moments too. So it's like again, those are like sort of weird things for like a more of a pop tune, but. Um, and yet again, his tone on this record, just the tone of his bass, is just really good. It is really good, yeah. Um, and and yeah, and the keys kind of drive this tune a little bit, I think. And they and they give everybody like a chance to like you know spread out because there's a lot of space covered sonically with the keyboards, so that's kind of cool. Um, next we have Tobacco Road, which is a, a cover of a tune written by a guy named John Loudermilk. But my guess is that. Uh, Dave came across it most likely because of the Edgar Winter version, um, because he covered oh. he covered uh, Easy Street on Crazy from the Heat, and Edgar Winter played on two songs on including. And here including I was that thinking one. of uh, oh now I'm going to forget the name of the band, but I, I have the yeah. Nuggets box set at home, and there's a band on there oh, that has yeah, Tobacco yeah. Road on there, and that's the one yeah. that I always end up thinking of. Cause... Yeah, that's the one that put it on the map, I think, and then uh, Edgar Winter ended up covering it because of them. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember the name of the band on Nuggets. It's like the New Teens or something like that. Or not, yeah, yeah, and I'm not gonna it's, remember. It's it not a name now. that stuck in my head. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, but this, I mean, this is a very good song. It's a, I mean, it, and it's a great cover, and it definitely speaks to Dave's voice. Um, and then uh, next we have Elephant Gun. Which is uh, this is another fun tune with more great phrasing. I mean, it's, it's the it's it's the side to rocker. Yeah, he uh, he really crams the lyrics in on this one. <laughs> I thought it's like you know just I mean just like blah, 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 blah. it's like I don't know. Well, you know, it, once again, it's it's yet another thing that he pulls out. You know, and it's like yeah. really really the only time we get him being all crazy with the lyrics like that. You know, yeah, on this record. <laughs> And uh, this song also has a really cool solo section in it. Um, and this is another one that I flagged that I thought we should play. But, Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, both, and, th- and again, both Sheehan and Vi go off together. So uh, um, let's check that out. Fuck yeah.
Again, once again. Just, Badass. Uh, yeah. My God. Yeah. I read that when they're on tour, they would have a thing where it would just be the two of them uh, going back and forth trying to up each other. Uh, which had to have been just a gas to see. Yeah, I <laughs> would really like to see that. It's kind of weird that you don't that there's not like a official right uh, video from this tour. You know, I mean the eighties, yeah. everybody was putting out a video with their tour. I mean, yeah, it was I kind of a big didn't. thing. Yeah, that's a bummer because that would be great to see. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then we have big trouble, and this is. This one I thought was kind of, it's a, kind of an odd character piece lyrically. There's like a story. I don't know how much the story makes sense. I didn't delve into it that much, but there's like all these characters in it. So that kind of made it stand out for me. Um, there's like a character named Mousy Joe and they're Cherry Blue and Mighty Mouse is in it. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and there's another great Vi guitar solo in it, but like, uh, um, yeah. Just a good song, but like I, I thought this, it was kind of cool to hear Dave mix it up because I don't think he's done that much. No, and that's that's not like a lot of that, yeah. that, that's another technique he doesn't use a whole lot. So we're kind of seeing him, yeah, branching he, out. Like side two, he's even kind of getting a little further out than on side one, and yeah. Then we have a uh, bump and grind, um, and this one has like some really interesting like flanged or phased vocals going on in the verses. Which is kind of interesting. I, I thought that was kind of, I don't know. You can tell that they weren't planning on this one being a pop hit. No, <laughs> but it, it's one of the songs, and it's actually it's kind of one of the songs on the on the record that was like uh, that made me think very directly of him looking at his other band, going, "That sound we used to do. Look at me do it without you. Right? See this? See this? Yep. I can do this. I didn't miss anything. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and and he and Dave sort of like dominates this song he's like the life of the party in this song for sure um and i thought you know if there was going to be one this might be like the most pedestrian tune on the album but it doesn't really you don't feel like the energy slow down either no but it's so, it's it's the closest to kind of yeah there's a reason where it's where it's at on the album i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah and also to your comment about like dave saying like hey you know hey my old band check this out this is what i'm doing now and isn't it great um for my money in a lot of ways i enjoy steve vai's guitar playing more than i enjoy eddie van halen's and I, there's some people out there that's going to be blasphemy but like uh yeah. um steve vai really goes he's, he's weirder and that's always appealing to me yes i would definitely say he's weird i mean yeah. i love eddie a I lot of too. Eddie stuff too but yeah i mean i'm not dissing eddie at all no no yeah. but yeah, there there is something to Vi. He, mm-hmm. he he can cover so much ground and be so weird and so expressive. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear more out of Eddie Van Halen. I, I I mean, it sounds like he's I don't know, kind of checked out, and I don't think we can expect much more from him. But like, that's too bad. I mean, he you know the guy's a genius and a virtuoso. And, it's and like, I honestly liked <laughs> the album they made with Roth that came out in like 2012 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I thought it was a good album. It was a good album. It's like they jumped right back in and they were doing it again. And it seemed like they should have just been able to keep going, but yeah, you know, I'm not involved, so I don't have any information there. Right? So. Yeah. It seems like Eddie Van Halen's got something going on, and we don't we don't get to know entirely what it is until maybe after he dies someday, and then everybody, and everybody fine, writes you know, books. <laughs> not our, maybe not our place to know. It's right, yeah, cool. Yep, exactly. Uh, and then we close out uh, with uh, That's Life, which is a cover of, a, I don't know who wrote it, but it's most famous because of Sinatra. Uh, there's a Once fr- again, yeah. kicking back to that whole I'm easy uh-huh. and yep. ain't got nobody type thing that he's yep. so fond of doing. Yep. 
And and Dave owns this tune, and I feel like it's his tune. I like his version more than Sinatra's. Well, yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. Yeah, which is like, uh, you know, that's not a diss on Sinatra either. But, like, I, th- I think, like, Dave just inhabits the song so much that, like, you know. Um, and the lyrics seem to describe his life. <laughs> more so than, than Frank's. Yeah, 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 exactly. This seems more like Dave's life than it is Frank's life, for I sure. I would agree with that. <laughs> Cool. Uh, uh, Do you have anything else on this one? No, man. Just that it was fun getting to listen to it again, and get ready yeah. for this, and then kind of yeah. do a little bit of uh, looking into the history of it and looking into the, the band members. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, one of the guys who did uh, horn and string arrangements in, on this record is somebody who uh, like was, I want to say, Oscar nominated. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Jimmy Haskell. If you look at the filmography that he did, there's some crazy stuff in there, uh, including... Uh, Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. <laughs> and that was my favorite thing. That was my one of my favorite factoids that I discovered yeah. is that somebody involved in the horn and string arrangements on this record was involved with Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. That's awesome. And uh, also before that, the uh, amazing Night of the Lepus. <laughs> so if you ever want to do some weird six degrees of whatever and you can be mm-hmm. kind of loose with the rules, you can get to that crazy little movie. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, do yourself a favor and go check out um, Eat Him and Smile. It's, uh, I think you'll be happy. It's only a half hour to listen to, and, it, and you're going to have a lot of fun. Absolutely, uh, Will. We're going to take a short break here, and then we'll be right back with our special guest. What's up, rock and rollers? <laughs> How are you doing, man? What was that? How you doing, man? Oh man, it's awesome, man. It's Friday, man, and having some whiskey. That's man, and listening to some really cool tunes. That's that's all I need right now. Cool. What, <laughs> what are you listening to? Um, I was listening. Well, of course, I was listening to David Lee Roth. And, cool. You know, of course. And of course. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I was listening to uh, Stone Fury. Not familiar. Remember- no, what's Stone Fury? Uh, the singer uh, is, uh, I think it was his name. He's the singer from uh, Kingdom Come. Hmm. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Lenny Wolf? Is it Lenny Wolf? Yeah, Lenny Wolf. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're called Stone Fury. This is before, uh, you know, Kingdom Come. Before, Pre-Kingdom Come. Oh, wow. that's cool. <laughs> that's some deep it's, cut stuff there. <laughs> no, you, seriously, you need to listen to this album. It's really good. I have okay. vinyl. It's awesome i think that they're on spotify as well cool oh, i'm there yeah yeah uh and for what's going on yeah for our listeners at home uh bobby is somebody who was messaging us on our facebook page and we just got to chatting and now he's one of our guests uh um, yes. why don't you why don't you tell us a little about yourself bobby you're calling from texas is that right from west texas el paso texas from el paso uh, yes <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's awesome <laughs> It's 102 degrees right now, so it's, yeah, it's hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I play bass. Uh, I'm in a band called Slut Hammer. And, uh, Slut Hammer. That is a, a wonderful name. That's a great name, man. Isn't that cool? You know, Slut Hammer, you know? <laughs> you can't forget that name. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's basically, you know, it's it's rock and roll. It's, it's a mixture of uh, Motorhead, Sex Pistols, ACDC. It's just rock and roll, man. It's 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 good, you know. Bar music, you know. It's it's great. I'll send you a link uh, of our music. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. 
So uh, actually, if you have I, if you have some recorded music, if you want to send me a track, we'll, we're on we'll, Spotify. We're oh, on Spotify. Spotify. I'll send you the link. We have videos. Okay, but we, we we can put a track at the end of the podcast, so it'll go out with awesome. the podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you a link. Yeah, okay, oh, for sure, for sure. So, you know, I've been in many bands, you know, like I was, uh, when I messaged you guys, you know, I was in a band back in the day, just like 2002, I was in a band called Lila, and we did a lot of touring, you know, we did uh, shows like when I was telling you about uh, Faster Pussycat, uh, Team Me Down, mm-hmm. um, great guy, really cool guy, you know, he used to, you know, do a lot of promotions, uh, shows in LA, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was called The Dragonfly, that was in, in uh where uh, I can't recall because it's been, it's been a, lot. <laughs> a lot of rock and roll, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. so, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was Santa Monica. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think that's where the club was. And uh, it was, it was a dragonfly. And then he had uh, nights where it was like a goth night. Cause we were like a goth rock band at the time. Oh, okay. cool. And, cool. Uh, so it was kind of cool. Cause I mean, I remember seeing, Faster Puss guy. I remember seeing them the first time with Ace Freely and Y&T. Oh, wow. And, That's a good lineup. Yeah. And, and and I was like, who are these guys? And at first, you know, I wasn't really, <laughs> you know, like, really, you know, I, I was like, ah, I don't know about these guys. And then later on, of course, you know, I got really into them. And then, you know, it's just cool to see them or see Timmy Down watching us. I used to see him on stage and now it's like reverse, you know, now he's watching us. Oh, and that's <laughs> wow, him, man. That's way cool. <laughs> so he really liked us. So he, he would always ask us, you know, to come back and, and uh, he, one day he's, he's all like, yeah, you guys want to open for us. Pastor Piscat. And I was like, that's like a no yeah. brainer for it. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> and kidding. in Hollywood? Come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, so you know, we had a really good run with with the band that I was in. It was called Lila. Okay, and uh, I'll send you some tracks on that as well. Okay, so be I've been great. around the block, actually. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, too many bands in between. <laughs> it happens. Bands come, yeah. bands go. You know. How, yeah. How, how did you get from Hollywood to Texas? Well, I mean, I'm I'm born and raised here in El Paso, Texas. Okay. Um, the band that I was in, we we just uh, you know said you know we got to do something. You know, we, you know, this is back in 2002. Uh, my singer at the time was really into like just putting out a CD and let's let's just tour. You know, so it, it was cool because we're in between. You know, so it, you know you just take. We had Arizona, Los Angeles, Dallas, Texas, San Antonio. Oh you know, yeah, Houston. So everything was like around here, you know. So it was great too. I mean, it was, it wow. was it's like eight, nine, ten hours away from everything, you know. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's convenient. Yeah, it's, it's very convenient. So you know, and we ended up playing in LA a lot, and uh, we started becoming like a not a household name, but a, a lot of people were, were, you know, I met some people. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Static X. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um. They played a show here in El Paso, but it was not Tony Campos, who was the bass player at the time. Uh, he had left, and they got this guy named Brent Ashley uh, to play bass. And we met after the show, and, and he said, well, what, what band are you guys from, or who did you guys play with? And, then, and I was like, in the band called Lila. And he goes, oh, yeah, I know your singer, Norman Matthew. You guys, Lila, you guys rule. And I was oh, like, wow. wow. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay, I guess our name is out there, you know? Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, DJ Ashba used to go see us play. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> dude, I know DJ Ashba. That's awesome. Yeah, he used to hang out with us. 
we, we would always rent out a van. So after the show, he would come out and hang out with us. He had, his, at the time, he had a Playboy uh, playmate with him. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so yeah. down to earth. You know, he was one of those guys that, he, I mean, he, I mean, we were like for hours just hanging out after the show, just talking, talking about music. And at that time, that's when he was telling us like, hey, I'm going to be, you know, uh, start a project with Nikki Six called 6 a.m. That was at that time. Oh, and I was like, okay, oh, that's yeah. awesome, you know, because I'm a huge Nikki Six fan. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm there with you, dude. <laughs> so I was like, like really stoked. I was like, no way. I was like, that's awesome. And we used to go to NAMM a lot. Uh, okay. And, and uh, he did a signing with Nikki Six. And it was kind of cool because I, I was in line. So I see DJ Ashburn, and, and Nikki was right next to him. And, and I'm, you know, talking to, to, to DJ, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? And Nikki's like, look, like, do you know this guy? <laughs> and, 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 and DJ's like, hey, you know, we had a show that night. And I said, like, yeah, we're going to be playing at, at a, bar, a place called Bar Sinister. And he goes, well, we'll try to make it. Well, they never showed, obviously, but, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. But it was kind of cool, you know. Nikki was like, "Who are these guys?" You know, so that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> good times, good times. Well, hell yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, a little boy. I'm, you know, somebody from Texas. You know, crazy Mexican uh, that I am. No, congrats on that, dude. That's fucking cool. <laughs> and I remember you guys were talking about because you know I I love your show. Thank you know, you. and the re- and how I got to listening to your show, you know, because I listen to Spotify, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm-hmm. and I and I always get those, you know, recommend re- recommendations. Yeah, and I saw that, and I was like, "Well, this is cool. Let me check it out." Wow! So I, you know, so I started listening to it, and I was like, "Well, this is cool." You know, I, the first one I was listening to was listened to was Cinderella. Oh, cool! <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was. I I really liked doing that one too. That yeah. like when we when we first started, it's kind of funny because at first I was like, nah, I don't know if I want to talk about Cinderella, and then like uh, it yeah. just so happened I ended up listening to Long Cold Winter again and going, no, no, we should talk about this. This is so much cooler than I even remember it being one. You know, when I was little. So yeah, I I was really excited for that and glad that was the one you dove in on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a great album. Yeah. So I was listening to it. So I went back and I started listening to. It you know, everything, you know, to Badlands, because that's one of my favorite records. Yeah. Which I don't have on vinyl. <laughs> I would love to have that on vinyl, but I don't. It, yeah. it, uh, it was expensive. <laughs> I, I know. I think it's eBay. It's like 100 or $200. Or oh, so I didn't have to go that far, fortunately. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it was a $40 record for me, and that was still like, oh, No way. Okay. Yeah, oh, dude. I would pay for that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that that led me to the rabbit hole you know listening to the other you know uh you know listening to the one uh I, you know what? i didn't listen to the bon jovi i like i like bon jovi i like the first two albums i'm not too crazy about the other one we were, that yeah. was actually a special request from a friend of ours yeah. uh the guest on that episode he really just wanted to talk about it because it was like you know an it, important yeah. record like part of just part of his youth we're like all right we'll talk about it we hadn't intended to cover that one either so like no no harm no foul (laughs) i'm not super happy about the fact that i was able to like name the track listing from memory it's not one of my prouder uh musical achievements but it's it's there all the same i'm glad we did cover it you know it's like oh yeah i mean it's not one that i listen to much but like it was fun talking to chad so yeah yeah, it was fun talking to chad well Um, i mean don't get me wrong i mean i do have the first two albums on vinyl yeah i mean you know i i I do like the first two albums those are getting spendy now man yeah <laughs> so what's uh what what was what is your memory and story with uh eat and smile you know 
when I, when I first saw the video, I mean, because you know, I I love Van Halen. Yeah. And and when he, when he left, I was like, I was devastated. I was like, no way, you know. So when I saw the video, and I, I didn't even know who Steve I was at the time or Billy Sheehan. Mm-hmm. And I saw the video, and I was like, who's this guy trying to be like Eddie Van Halen? <laughs> <laughs> I was a little like pissed off about it. I was like, no, yeah. Eddie Van Halen's the king. What are you talking about? You know, like this guy's <laughs> trying to be like Eddie Van Halen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, and you know, of course, you know, I started listening to more and then I got the album mm-hmm. and I heard Shy Boy and I was like, oh my God. Right. <laughs> that, was, that did it for me. You know, I was like, Eddie Van Halen who? <laughs> yeah. I do wonder how, yeah. for how many people, like when you get the Shy Boy on the record, that was like their selling point where they were like, yeah. Yeah, okay, no, I'm in now. Yeah. Exactly, and it's now you. And it, it's a Talus, yeah. uh, a song from from Billy Sheehan because you know, Billy yeah. Billy used to be in a band called Talus, so that's where he, you yeah, know. that's Billy's song that he brought in for the record. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and when I heard that, I was like, yeah. oh my god! Especially like that that you know bass and 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 the guitar together. I was like, oh my god! And that 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 was like, you know, I'm not going to play bass anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. I heard that. I'm like, I fucking quit. What yeah. the hell, man? I quit. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it kind of turns out that uh, playing like Eddie Van Halen is just one of the things that Steve I does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he covers a lot of ground on there. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I got the Eddie licks down too, but check this out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's a monster, and 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 that's what. I mean, it's great. You know. I mean, I love the whole album. My favorite song actually from that album is um uh, ladies night in buffalo i really like yep. that song that is no, a, that's really a good great song. tune it, it's uh it's smoky yeah <laughs> and it's, it's an outlier it's there's no other song back. on the record yeah. that sounds like it you know yeah it's very laid back you know it is very laid relaxed back. Have, you know uh you know drinking you know just hanging you know hanging out it's a great tune i love it it love is a great it. tune it does seem weird not having a beer while you're listening to David Lee Roth, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, every time I listen to Van Halen or David Lee Roth, it reminds me, like, I picture myself in California in the summer, at the beach, mm-hmm. watching the girls playing volleyball. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much, yeah. That's that a very makes complete, complete yeah. sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the lifestyle that David Lee Roth is promoting. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not a bad lifestyle. No, no. <laughs> it's not. It's not. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Big Trouble is one of my favorite ones, too. Um, that yeah. one and Bumping Crying. And, and it was featured in one of my favorite 80s movies. Was it an 80s movie? Yeah. Uh, um, what's it called? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. my God. I can't think of the movie. It's with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Listen Zero. No oh. kidding, because that's not on the sound. Remember? It's not on the soundtrack. It's not on the soundtrack because I do have the vinyl yeah. of that, that soundtrack. But in the movie, uh, there's a part where, where uh, oh my god, what's her name? I'm, I'm, not, I'm really bad. With <laughs> but you've seen the movie, right? Yeah, and it's been long enough since I've seen it now that I'm slipping on it too. Like it's all like, oh my god, it's back there. I know it's back there, and I'm not digging it up. <laughs> and I, I remember seeing the movie, and there's a part where they're they're making out, and then uh, all of a sudden you hear the the music of bumping grind, and I was like, fuck yeah! Oh, can, can we cuss or no? Yeah, you go right guys. ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a great movie, and and I mean this album is no filler. You know, I even yep. like the the uh, 
I'm easy and that's uh-huh. life, you know, because I like big band music. I, I oh, have yeah. like music. You and, know, they, and they do it really wife, well. I mean, yeah. My wife got me into like Frank Sinatra and she's younger than me. She's 10 years. I mean, I'm, you know, up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all getting up there. Yeah, Let's just say I'm in my 40s, okay? Okay. So, so she's younger than me and she got me into like Frank Sinatra and big band music. <laughs> but, you know, she's a metalhead too. Well, and that's the thing is David Lee Roth just understands the approach to big band music. He knows how to sell it. So, I mean, you know, it works every bit as well as anything else on the album, you know? He could only pull it off. He's the only one that I can know that can pull it off. Just about any other singer of the era, it would sound uh, just not right. Right. (laughs) That's true. There's not a lot of other hair metal guys that could do a big band. There's other wonderful (laughs) vocalists, but I just don't think they would sell it the same way. Yeah. Well, you could have pictured Brett Michaels doing something like that, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean... (laughs) Okay, Brett Michaels sold more albums than I ever will, but let's face it, the dude's got three notes he sings. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, he, Um, he, he can sing poison songs and that's pretty much it. Yeah. He found his niche. I mean, he could do country. I could picture him doing country. You know, because well, yeah. every rose has it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Every rose has a thorn. Is only uh, a production job away from being a country song. So, right. That's you know. true. <laughs> That's true. And he yeah. he's, he's done some country stuff now, hasn't he? Pretty he sure. Did. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him, oh, him and Steven Tyler. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. That's, that's, you know, I love Steven Tyler. I love Aerosmith, but. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's kind of a point where you lose me on Aerosmith, and uh-huh. I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm yep. sorry, but yeah. yeah, it was a while ago. Yep. <laughs> so, what what is your take on on, on the album? Well, it's all like you said. It's 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 awesomely lean. It's only thirty minutes, so it never has any time to get stale on you, and it just is so thoroughly awesome. And and uh, it's like of all the of all the records we've talked about on the show, it covers more ground than any of them. I think. As far as like, yeah. you know, like yeah. the stadium numbers, the hard rockin' tunes, the swing numbers, the little shuffles, mm-hmm. it just, it for, for only being 30 minutes, he just gets all over the place. Yeah. Plus, it's just super fun. That was, uh, I mean, the whole time it's just fun, you know? He, they, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think records are, I think when they're like 30 minutes, I mean, that's great because, you know, you go back and play it again. Right, yeah. You know? And yeah. I've I, I've probably wailed about this on this podcast before, but I think one of the problems with with the CD era is because it made everybody think that they had to put out these like hour long, these seventy minute long albums. And it's not that there isn't like, yes. you know, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean, yes, it's, it's, I agree. I mean, because you know, you, you know, you're after a while, you're like, is this CD going to be done already? Right. <laughs> and it's not. It's not that there isn't yeah. good albums of that length, but not everything has to be that length. It should be a big deal right. you know it's hard to maintain I mean, that hey i i am a guns and roses fan all day i like the use your illusion albums but i don't think that any, everybody always understands that like that's a lot of music they put out there yeah. that would have been like four or five records back in the day i mean it, yeah. exactly yeah exactly so what van halen uh, uh, you know i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt oh no you're fine what do you think i like van halen you know because their albums were like 30 minutes i mean it was it was just yeah, you know, oh, you want to hear it again. You know, it, dude, it, my it, favorite it, Van Halen it, it, album is "Fair Warning," and it's like a half an hour. Yep. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's one of my favorite records of all time. Hell <laughs> yes! <laughs> and speaking of "Fair Warning," those last two tracks—that—that's like the coolest way to end a record. Those songs are yes. so freaking awesome! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes. 
Oh, I don't care yeah. how keyboard laden they were. They freaking rocked. <laughs> <laughs> but you you get it, you know. I mean, because after a while, I mean, if you if you put on a CD and it's like. 15 songs after a while you're like i i can't do it anymore i i don't mm-hmm. care you know i don't care what band it is but if, i mean if you're you're doing like 20 songs or 15 songs i was like nah forget it it's like yeah why, why don't you shave it down to your best ideas man right. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i really enjoy extreme and i liked yeah. listening to extreme three but it's a long it's way record long. Yeah, I like I love that record too, but it is way too. When you get to the, you get to the third, you get to the third <laughs> act of the album, you're like, oh man, I got a lot. I still got a lot of songs left. <laughs> exactly, another great band, another great yeah. band. I saw those guys. I saw Extreme when they got back together. This was at Nam. Oh in, uh, wow! California. Sweet. And we got passes, and and Nuno was great. He, he's a great guy, and I met him, and and he's just a down to earth kind of guy. And That's I remember around line meeting him and we're talking about and he when it, it was my turn to meet him he was like are you guys from el paso texas i'm like yeah he says, oh that's badass that's cool you know so he's really really nice wow nice so who was uh when you saw him who was playing drums for extremes i know that geary is kind of or I'm, I'm yeah is is not in the picture anymore no no it was some other guy i don't know his name but he had that fro yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I can't think of what that name is either. Now I don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. I just know Pat Badger and Nuno and, 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 and Gary. Gary. Yeah, yeah. Gary. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty jealous of that one though. I would have loved to have seen Extreme. Absolutely. You know, and 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 California. You know, I, I don't know. Have you ever seen shows in California, or have you ever been in? I went to Coachella California? once. Coachella. <laughs> I never yeah. been to Coachella, but I, when I went to go see Extreme that night, it was during Nam. And they played, uh, I guess it was, you know, you have to get like special passes, whatever. Yeah. And they were giving you no shit. And I remember there were like, like in between songs, you could hear like guitar players in the back say, come on, you know, show us what you got and blah, blah, blah. And oh, you know, really? Like, what? Yeah. They were being rude. That's and shitty. I I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is Nuno. What are you talking about?" Yeah, and Nuno, I I know he he said some words. He, you know, he heard what they were saying, and you know, and I'm thinking, "Oh, like, well, he's up there, and you're not." Right. <laughs> I mean, that's what it boils down to, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you done? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I'd like to see them stand up there and like you know, and come close to like anything that Nuno's capable of. <laughs> Yeah, new well, I, I know we're going off subject, but you know, uh, but uh, uh, this album, David Lee Roth, Eating yeah. a Smile, it, it's it's good from the beginning to end. There's no filler. Yeah, agree. It, you it's, can't it's, say that about okay. any of his other albums, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I like I, I, I like the ones after it too, but sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Skyscraper was okay, but after that, the, the I wasn't too too into it. This was this was the best one. <laughs> yeah, oh, by a long this shot, was the best one for sure. Yeah, because yeah, it was it was like I'm back, baby. You know, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't need those guys. Check me out. <laughs> exactly. And As you know, saying... you got fifty one. You got fifty one fifty, and then you got. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I think it was a really slick move him going second. You know, because fifty one fifty comes out, and everybody's listening to these kind of mid paced keyboard ballad songs, and he comes out with his record saying, "Yeah, don't worry, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing that. We're well, just gonna rock out for thirty minutes." <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And no offense, I like Simon Hagar. You know, I don't know if you guys are fans with the, uh, you know. I'm not a Hagar person. I mean, you know, whatever. Taste is taste, and that's cool. But yeah, Sammy never really did a lot for me. I would definitely say that I like Montrose, his Montrose stuff more than I like his Van Halen stuff. Yeah. He seems like he'd be a fun guy to party with. 
Sure. <laughs> I won't take that away from the guy. Right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to have a great night. You're going to wake up not sure where you are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I find it weird that Sammy Hagar has become like this uh, connected guy in the music industry where, like, I've seen videos with him where uh, he's getting together with members of, like, the Grateful Dead and jamming with really? them. Really? Yeah, there's, like, videos. Yeah, he's got, like, some uh, YouTube series, and in one of them he, like, jams with, like, uh, I want to say it's... Uh, um, oh, Bobby Weir is from the Grateful Dead. He jams with him, and he has an interview where he talks to Maynard from Tool, and and I wouldn't have put them together either. Nope, didn't and see so, that coming. Wow. So somehow, like Sammy is connected, and I don't really understand. I mean, I don't know. That's weird to me. I remember sitting down and watching a long interview that was Sammy Hagar and uh, and uh, Rob Halford being interviewed mm-hmm. by a guy who does interviews for the uh, Loudwire YouTube channel. And I thought yeah. that was an odd pairing because I'm like, what? What? You yeah. know, Sammy, you know, Rob Halford hasn't partied the way that Sammy Hagar parties in like 35 years. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, whatever. But it was just a, a weird pairing. <laughs> it is a weird pairing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, I mean, not not to get away from the subject. Like, oh, that's okay. Find, like, like, um, you know, the Pretty Boy Floyd, those those type of bands. I've only ever heard a little bit of Pretty Boy Floyd. They they came in at a period where I had kind of ventured off into worlds of other stuff, so I just missed a lot of Pretty Boy Floyd. Yeah, I don't know him either. Okay. Uh, I know that I know that Ugly Kid Joe based their name off of a sort of yes. like a <laughs> uh, taking a little dig at Pretty Boy Floyd or whatever. <laughs> what about Tough? I do know Tough. Uh, they were one of the ones I, I remember discovering them because of uh, Metal Edge magazine. Uh, right. I think I've heard their. First album, and that was about what I know about Tough. <laughs> oh, okay, you know, they were they're a good band. Actually, I auditioned I auditioned for them in like ninety ninety one. Oh wow, <laughs> wild! That's cool. It was uh-huh. cool. Uh, um, we still remain friends till till this day. You know, uh, uh-huh. Stevie Rochelle. You know, because he does uh, the uh, Metal Sludge website. Oh, he's the Metal Sludge dude. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Yeah. I've, uh, I've uh, dropped in on that side a few times to read different articles. Uh, when uh, I was looking for interviews, I, I read an interview with uh, Kip Winger on there when we were getting ready for our Winger episode. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one, he's the main guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was, in, he was the singer for, for tough. Yeah. He, you know, uh, it was fun. It was, it was, it was crazy auditioning for that band. And, and I remember meeting uh, Robbie Crane. I don't know if you remember if that Robbie Crane's was, been in a lot of bands. <laughs> Yeah, he started off with Vince Neil, and then he ended up uh, with Lynch Mob, and then he's now with the Black Star Riders, I believe. Yep, and he uh, he he ended up playing with Rat for a while. I know in like the and early two thousands when right. John Crabbe was in the lineup. And Rat, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I I met Robbie Crane, and then and that day when I auditioned, he was talking about when he he was like, "Dude, I'm I'm going to be playing with Vince Neil," and I was like, "Okay," and I'm like. You know, at that time, I was like, I don't know, maybe he's bullshitting me. (laughs) 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 He's like, yeah, I'm going to be playing with with, uh, Vince Neil. And then I remember coming back from L.A. and coming back home. And um, this was during the riots uh, in in L.A. I remember I just Mm -hmm. got home when when, um, the Rodney King riot. And and, uh, I remember coming home and I turned on the TV and then that was. You know, I was like, "Oh my God!" I was just there. You know, wow. So it was around that time, and and um, I and then after a while, I, it, they they debuted Vince Neil the, the video 
uh, from that. Uh, what was that movie? In uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, you're invited, but your friend can't come. Yeah. Yep. And I saw a video, and I go, "That's Robbie. That's Robbie." <laughs> that's the guy. He was telling the truth. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the cool guy. I mean, I mean, Stevie Rochelle is like the coolest rock and roll guy ever, man. I mean, if you ever get to talk to him or meet him, he's like very down to earth. Uh, cool guy, man. Awesome. Well, cool hey, guy. we'll put them on our list too, man. You should. I mean, he Absolutely. has a lot of stories. If you ever get a chance, go back to the Metal Sludge uh, Diaries. And he talks about when they when they got signed. And he talks about when they were on tour with Brady Fox. So it's 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 wow. really interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. Hell yeah! I was just listening to Britney Fox the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Another great man. I was at the record store and there was a copy of it sitting on the wall. I'm like, when the hell do you ever see the Britney Fox record at the record store? I'm taking this. <laughs> <laughs> Another great man. Yeah, yeah. So, awesome man. So so what do you cool, get? Man. What what do you uh, what are you doing musically these days? I mean, it sounds like you got you're remaining active. It sounds like. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, we were so stoked. We were, I mean, before this COVID hit, we, we had some shows, out-of-town shows. We were going to tour with this band called Black Magic Flower Power. Okay. They used to be called Black That's Pussy, a... but they had to change their name. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I wonder why. They're from, <laughs> they're from Portland, Oregon, but they, okay. they actually moved to Tucson. And uh, every time they, they come to El Paso, uh, they're like, you know, we love you guys. We want to take you on tour, and and we were we were gonna we were actually supposed to be on tour, and we were and um, when this shit happened, everything just stopped. Yeah. So right now we're just writing some songs uh, back and forth. You know, uh, you know, with technology these days, you could do That's pretty much true. anything. Yeah. So we're just bouncing off ideas, and uh, we just before the pandemic hit, we we actually went in the studio and recorded two new songs, and uh, we're waiting for those two be put out and you know on spotify i'll let you guys know it's 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 uh definitely one, do. one called black poison and another one called oh, i can't remember the name but i know one of them is <laughs> called black poison and uh it's it's it reminds me of like uh david bowie pumped with you know lots of rock and i don't know it's it's it's, it's heavier than the david bowie song but it's, it's okay i look forward to hearing it yeah What's what's yeah. uh, what's this? Is there a scene in El Paso, or is it just that's there how, is? Okay. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of a band called Mars Volta. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Holy cow! Okay, I didn't know they were from El Paso though. Well, so. yeah, because it's, it's dudes from At the Drive-In. Yeah, At the uh, Drive-In. Yeah, yeah. yeah I went and saw they, At the Drive-In, of course, yeah. and 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 uh, to the guys from At the Drive-In, they 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 yeah. formed uh, Mars Volta. That's right. Which they yeah. had um, John Alderetti. Uh, playing bass, who used to play with the Scream. Remember yep. that? I do. I was uh, just listening to some of the Scream the other day. <laughs> Great album. Yeah. Hell yeah. John Karate. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they uh, one of the members still lives here. He ended up uh, forming Sparta. Oh, that's right. I remember Sparta. Yeah. Yeah. Sparta's uh, uh, Jim Ward. Uh, mm-hmm. So he still lives here, and the, the the other two guys still live in California. They kind of said like you know later is El Paso, so they. <laughs> Now they live in California, <laughs> but uh, who else? Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar. Do you remember that movie, uh, that vampire movie with um, Till Dust Till Dawn? Hell oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. 
Okay. I love that movie. That band that was playing uh-huh. in that scene, uh, it was like a, 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 there was like a rock band, like a, like, uh, I was I just reading that. about that band the other day. Yeah. Cause the guy, the, the, the front man who's in that band and from Dustel Dawn was in another band. Yeah, his name's Tito. Uh, Tito Puentes. Not Tito Puentes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Tito and the Trill. Tito Puentes. I'm like, I'm talking about. No, Tito, Tito and, the, and the Tarantula. Oh, that's right. Like that. Yeah. Uh, he used to be in a band called uh, the, the Crusados. Okay. That was it. And, uh, he went to my high school. And so that that's. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that was his, his, his band, the, the Crusados. Oh, very cool. And, uh, I used to have the soundtrack to From Dust Till Dawn. I remember that T- yeah. Tito E. Tarantula. Yeah. From that, uh, the drummer from that band played with Izzy Stradlin in the Juju Hound Dogs. Oh, Sweet. Yeah. That Juju Hounds record's awesome. That is an awesome record. Yeah. Yeah. He went to my high school as well. So, yeah, we do have like. That's, all, kind of like a, that's impressive. We do have a scene here. We do have a scene here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot a, of great bands. Yeah, I, I I bet you're all I bet you're excited to get back to playing and stuff like that though. I want to I mean, get back. Uh, yeah. We want to go back to California. Oh, okay. <laughs> we love okay. it there. You oh, know? I don't blame you. LA at all. is like the best. Uh-huh. You know, maybe we'll we'll play Iowa. You know, I mean, if you know sure. any bars there, you know, because you know, if you could hook us up. We'll we'll, we'll do a show there. <laughs> sure, that'd be amazing. Yeah, when, when the when the uh, in Iowa just yesterday they announced all the bars in our county and five other counties are closing down because of COVID spikes and stuff. So Iowa's not so great right now, but uh, we're number three yeah. in the nation. Yeah, our city was listed as number three. Ames, Iowa, was listed as number three on New York Times as a spiking place because uh, um, all the students came back to our university and just immediately went out and did a bunch of parties. So wow, I, I know it's it's not something we're bragging about by any stretch <laughs> and it really well, kind of no. it crippled us really no, in a lot of ways what's happening here so right now that's what's <laughs> happening but uh once we get back to normal that would uh, we'd love to do something like that that would be amazing both aaron and i play in various projects we could like we'd love to set up a show and play with you guys that oh would, no that, way that's yeah. awesome so yeah. i mean how's the scene over there in iowa uh, uh, it's a uh, up and down. It's it's uh right now in in our city. It's kind of like waned a little bit just because a lot of the clubs have closed down and stuff like that. But in Des Moines, which is like thirty minutes away, there's there, there's some decent clubs down there, and they've got good sound systems and stuff. That's probably that'd be the best place to set up a show for you know if you guys were coming through, you'd get a bigger bang for your buck that way. But we're 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 fairly well connected with the musicians in Iowa. We could probably set something up though. That would that would be awesome. Wasn't Slipknot Slipknot's from Iowa? Slipknot's, That's Slipknot's right. from Des Moines, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know any of those guys? Uh, no, my no. my cousin, who's a few years older than me, went to high school with a couple of them, and that's yeah. about as close as I get. Yeah, yeah. some of them still live here, though, which is pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. I yeah. met Joey. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, well, oh, well, you know, because I don't know if you remember, but uh, do you, do you guys are you guys familiar with ministry? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well... Al Jurgensen lived in El Paso for a while. That's right, he did. Wow. I, I forgot about that. He did have a time where he lived in. Yeah. Did you meet Al Jurgensen? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he lived here in El Paso. Well, he moved back in, in California. As a matter of fact, one of my 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 friends, uh, Caesar Soto, he's he's the guitar player for Ministry. He lives here. Oh, wow. In, uh, oh, that's cool. <laughs> cool guy. So he, he I, I remember when he said, you know, I'm going to be playing with Ministry. I was like, no way. That's awesome. <laughs> So, <laughs> so he, he he's a really cool guy. He's really down to earth. He has a bar uh, down the street where I live, and he's like very down down to earth. He he doesn't you know like 
say, hi, I'm, I'm you know, the guitar player from ministry. You know, he's a very down to the earth, like yeah. super cool guy. So anyways, uh, I remember there was a time where Joey Jordison was here in El Paso. And my singer at the time was like, dude, you guys should go to the bar. He's there. You know, you should go check him out, you know, talk to him, whatever. So, you know, we went and, and he was there and he was kind of drunk. And, and, and we're, <laughs> me and my drummer at the time, we were like talking to him. He was really cool, very down to earth. And he was, and, and, you know, we kept buying drinks and buying drinks to the point where the, 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 the bartender was like, you cannot give him any more drinks. He called her, you know. <laughs> He's too fucked but, up. But Joey's like, dude, you gotta give me some, some, you know, white Russian. He wanted another white Russian, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know, man. You know, they they told me that, you know, and so I, and he goes, tell oh. me it's for you. So I went up to, <laughs> to the bar, and and, and then uh, you know, I was like, you know, let me have a white Russian. He said, is it for you? And I'm like, yeah, it's for me. He said, it better not be for Joey. And I'm like, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> so I, I I went up to Joey, and I, you know. I mean, he was like, and so were we, you know, yeah. we, were, we were like, like out of our minds. And uh, <laughs> I remember he was a cool guy and we were, we were talking and discussing about, about, you know, I asked him, I go, you know, what do you think you know, at the time he was doing the murder dolls? Uh-huh. And I had told him because in LA, two of his members would always go to see us play the bass player and the drummer. Uh, I think the, the bass player, uh, his name's Eric and the drummer just passed away not too long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they used to go see us play a lot and they would hang out with us. We used to party with them. And, uh, so I told him about him and he goes, yeah. And I asked him, I go, what do you like? Do you like, you know, split knot or, you know, the murder dolls. He, just, he told me straight out. He was I love the murder dolls, but the money's in. <laughs> yeah. That, oh yeah. That makes I mean, sense. From a practical standpoint. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's where the money's at. Mm-hmm. Yep. That make, that, yeah, it makes complete know, but, sense. But he, he said, I love doing the murder dolls. Yeah. You know, I love it. And, he, you know, I thought he was just, you know, trying to, like, you know, because we were at this bar, and you know, I thought he was going to be, like, just in regular clothes. You know, he didn't want to, like, attract too much attention. But, you know, we show up, and he's wearing, you know, he looked like a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> he had his hat. <laughs> but, you know, super cool guy. And I remember we're leaving, and he, and I remember him telling me, he's like, oh, my God, you know, Al's going to come pick me up, and I'm super drunk, and he's going to get pissed, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, shit. So as we were leaving, they were closing up the bar, and then I remember he was waiting for Al to pick him up outside, and he was just, like, leaning against the wall. Oh, and wow. we left, and then I remember the next day, the next morning, I, I called my drummer, and I was like, hey, do you think he's okay? <laughs> <laughs> Is he still there? <laughs> like, Is he alive? You know, I hope uh, like, you know. He didn't drink to death or something like that because I was like worried because he was like really smashed and so were we, you know. I didn't even remember how we got home, you know. And, but I remember calling him the next day. I'm like, I hope he's okay. <laughs> but That's you know, awesome. cool guy, super cool guy. I never met a rock star that was like. An asshole, thank God. That's know? pretty cool. That's yeah. That's not what you would think. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, even with Faster Pussycat, when we played with him in L.A., uh, Brent Muscat. You know, we were sound checking, and he he looks at me, and he's all like, "Hey, man, you know, if you want to use my gear, go right ahead." And I'm like, "Well, you know, I'm a bass player, but thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the offer. Yeah, that's a very generous offer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell my guitar player, you know, and yeah. that's and that was cool, you know, and and uh, you know, he was at the ba- you know, he was with 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 Pastor at that time, mm-hmm. and this is around the time when I saw Beautiful Creatures there. 
as well. Great show. Oh, that's and I cool. Being in the audience and my, my drummer at the time, he's all like, dude, look next to you. And I turn and it was Phil Lewis. Oh, <laughs> oh dope. Oh, man. So, so I'm like rubbing elbows with Phil Lewis and I'm like, no way. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he kind of smiled and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a cool moment to keep yeah, in one's pocket. That's rec- nice. Recognition, like that. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was good times, man. LA, I mean, huh. I remember just hanging out at, at the, the King. Uh, no, it wasn't the King King. It was, it was the Dragonfly. And I remember seeing uh, Fred Curry uh, walk by. And, you know, Sweet. at the time, you know, you don't want to look like, you don't want to go up to him like, hey, guy, you know, whatever, you know. Right, you, yeah. Right, you got to be cool, you know. Yeah. I, you know, but I was like, oh, there's this Fred Curry, and, you know, and there's Tammy, you know. But Tammy was really cool. He was so, he was just, just a really nice guy. I remember going up to him and, and thanking him and telling Tammy, it's like, Tammy, you know, thank you for, for, for letting us play with you guys and whatever. And, and I sh- shook, you know, I put, put my hand out to, to shake his hand, and he's like, no, 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 give me a hug, man. Oh, oh wow! That's, yeah, that's right on. Yeah, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, that's way cool. <laughs> well, yeah, so it was, it was good. I, I have I have uh, the flyer that still has the Pastor Pisca and Lila. Yeah, that's a good keepsake. But, yeah, yeah. And then with uh. Sledhammer, we did a show with with um, D. Snyder. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, here here locally in El Paso, and I and I remember we we're backstage. And we see D. Snyder coming in, and he's all like, "You guys are the opening band," and we're like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Don't suck." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's sound advice. <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's like that's, that sounds like, like you, that's you'd ex- yeah. like that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You, that sounds like what you'd expect from D. Snyder, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was cool with that, you know, New York accent, you know, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool guy. It was a great show and, and, um, yeah, good times, man. I mean, yeah. I know we went off way up. Off All the- good. We that's, usually do. That's that. actually the, the second half of our show is always like about the conversation. So we appreciate it. And you, and you by far have had the best rock and roll stories. So thank <laughs> you so much for calling in. Um, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. I, lo- I love doing this and I love your podcast and I even shared it on Facebook. So hopefully people will, will listen. Oh, and hey, we appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for being yeah, on. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. way people can can listen to it, you know. So I'm I'm gonna share the the shit out of it. So okay, awesome. Well, we'll we'll get it edited together, and uh, we'll make sure we tag you in it, so you have a, a chance to share that too. And uh, um, yeah, come back on again sometime. This is really fun. Yeah, if you ever do like a Kiss album, you know. Cause okay, all right. Fan. Okay, okay. <laughs> we will hit you or up. Motley Motley Crue fan. Yeah, I'm a yeah. huge Nicky Six fan. And right. as a matter of fact, you know who Vicky Hamilton is, right? Uh, the name sounds really familiar. She used to manage Motley Crue back in the day. This is when they first started. This okay, so like way before the whole like back for love. Yeah, the, yeah. She also managed Poison. She used to come on. She was on those VH1 eighties. Uh, um, right. She was one of the talking the the one of the guest uh, you know commentators or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she would always book us there in, in LA at a, a bar called Bar Sinister. Sweet. Okay, and, and uh, she loved us, and and she used to call us the poison of El Paso, and I was like, I didn't get it. I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, she's, she's gonna be nice. You just roll like, with it. Yeah. 
All right, I don't know thank about you. That. We're, we're, we're more goss, you know. The jerk. <laughs> I don't know where you got poison, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Not, not going to argue with her. <laughs> but yeah, great memories. I got to meet a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it was so fun. I mean, those memories. I mean, even though I wasn't there in the 80s, uh, I was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I ended up you know, meeting all these, these bands that I grew up with and, and actually like them liking our music and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. That's very cool. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, whenever you guys do Motley Crue or, or kids, you know, I'm in, I'm in. Okay. Awesome, dude. That sounds fantastic. And I'll send you some links of the, of, of Sledhammer. So okay. Please do. It's, it's with a V. We had to change it because of, you know, censorship, you know. Okay, ah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> awesome. And it looks cooler with a V instead of the U. Totally <laughs> <metal>. <laughs> you just needed an umlaut. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Aaron. I really yeah. appreciate it. I hope you guys had fun. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Thanks it was for taking great. The, I yeah. love it. Yeah, thanks for taking the time, and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. Oh, Anytime, reach out to me, and I'll be there, man. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Bobby. You're welcome. You have my number. I do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) See you. All right. You guys have a good weekend. You You too. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.